Hey friends, welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. I think that it is so incredibly important. I recently got a question on Instagram. I take a lot of questions on Instagram. And somebody asked the question, what do your kids think of your lifestyle, of you tracking all of your food and weighing everything? And what do they think of it? So I have three children. I have an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old. And I think that this is such an important question because any mom out there will tell you, your children literally are watching your every move. And they are pulling in information from what you are doing. They're either learning habits from you or they're just gathering just information about life from watching you. And so it's so important. And just like any other, I want to set a foundation of healthy mind and body with my children, right? I'm going to kind of break this up into a few sections here. Because first, I think it's really important to talk about, one, tracking is actually not a lifestyle for me. I hear that said a lot on Instagram, on social media. Tracking is a lifestyle. Well, maybe we should be more specific about what a lifestyle is. A lifestyle for me is something that I just always do. For example... I love my daily walks. I just always go on them. Once in a while, I miss a few days here and there. No biggie. My overall trend is almost every single morning. I wake up and the very first thing I do, I wait. I love waking up at about 4.30 in the morning. The first thing I do is go for a walk. That's a lifestyle for me. That is so important. My training is a lifestyle. When I say training, I'm specifically referring to weightlifting. So my training, I do it four times a week. That's when I go on vacation, I don't, I take a break then. But four times a week, that's just what I do. It is my lifestyle. I don't always track and weigh my food because tracking and weighing my food actually isn't a lifestyle for me. I don't believe tracking 24-7 is healthy for the mind of probably 99.9% of women. So what is tracking for me? Well, tracking is a tool. It's a tool that I use for very specific goals. So when I want to drop my body fat, I track to ensure that I'm pushing into a, a calorie deficit and a calorie deficit that is sufficient enough for me to see the progress that I want to see, right? So research has been very interesting when it comes to us trying to just guess what we're eating. We are usually off by 20 to 50%. And it's not we undereat, we actually, we overeat by 20 to 50%. So when people share what they're eating, on average, they are sharing under 20 to 50%. Well, if you're in a calorie deficit of 20% or even 25%, you being off and actually overeating by 20 because you're just guessing is just going to land you at maintenance. So I use tracking macros to ensure that I'm pushing into a calorie deficit. Okay. 
That's what I use it for. I use it to reverse and get back to maintenance. But my lifestyle is one of health. That's super important. My lifestyle is not weighing my food. My lifestyle is not tracking every single gram of whatever that gets in my mouth. My lifestyle is health. And I have loved using macros to teach myself what balanced meals look like. So I will often use macro tracking for myself for uh, when I first started out for clients who don't know what maintenance should look like. A lot of people just don't know what a healthy maintenance should look like. So sometimes we will actually start out by, okay, let's find your maintenance before we go into any cut or any build or whatever. Let's find it and let's eat there for a while and, and get your body used to what it feels like and what wise food choices are. And we utilize macros as a tool. Macros in and of themselves are not the end game. So I'm not a big fan when people are like, macros is a lifestyle. Well, not for me. Not for me. Sorry, y'all. I want a health lifestyle that actually allows my body to have health, but my mind to have health. My mind is huge. Okay? It's where I live. I, it better be healthy. So much is determined on it being healthy and on it having a healthy relationship with food and body. So I will protect that. So that is why I say for myself, macro tracking is not a lifestyle. So what do my children think of my lifestyle? Well, let me, let me state it this way. So like I said, health is the lifestyle for me. And what's very interesting is what I eat at maintenance when I'm not tracking is actually not very different from what I eat in a calorie deficit when I am tracking and I'm trying to ensure that I'm in a calorie deficit. What I mean by that is I eat the same foods in maintenance that I do in a calorie deficit. The difference is the amounts, and I make slight alterations. So for example, let's say I, I love sandwiches for lunch, right? So a sandwich, I may have a hearty sandwich for lunch, tons of protein in there. In maintenance, I use my favorite grandma sycamore bread. If you have never had grandma sycamore bread, you fly out to Utah just to buy it. No joke. I know women who are from Utah, so they know about Grandma Sigma Bread. And no joke, guys, they will literally, on their way, like their drive back home to California, they will just go to Costco and buy tons of bread, Grandma Sycamore, and freeze it because that's, because they know what's up. It's awesome. But two slices is about 40 carbs, right? No, then that's fine. That's great when I'm at maintenance. But if I'm dropping my calories down, maybe I choose to maybe not have two slices of cheese on it, right? Maybe I just have one. So I drop a little bit of that um, fat. And then instead of Grandma Sycamore bread, I use um, Sarah Lee's bread, which is 20 grams less. I think it's like 18 or 19 grams. And so 
I'm eating the same food. It's just I make these slight tweaks so that the calories are less, right? That's awesome. So what do my kids see me doing? They just see mom's having a sandwich. I don't think they're paying attention to, oh, she's pulling out the Sarah Lee's. Okay, she's in a calorie deficit. They just see mom's walking around with her usual sandwich that she loves. Awesome. So this is what's so beautiful about creating a home of health. Because then when the time comes where I'm like, oh, I want to drop a few pounds. I want to lean down a little bit more for whatever reason it may be. I'm not totally like uprooting the entire food culture of my house in order to do so. There's a lot of friction with that. And sometimes if we're in a bad food environment, if we've created a bad food culture in our home, we do have to face that. And it does come with a lot of friction at first. Just the same exact thing happens when you have been living off of credit cards and swiping, 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 swiping. And then all of a sudden, you realize this isn't sustainable. I need to get into a budget and I need to live below my means now. Not just at my means, but below to get out of this debt that I've created. So you're going to get into a budget and at first it is going to feel overwhelming because you have to face the hard of creating a new money culture within yourself, right? So yeah, you're going to feel it. People are going to notice the differences. And the same thing with food. When you have not established this healthy food culture in your home, then changing it is going to come with some friction. So maybe your children will notice at first because there is that friction. And I think a lot of it can be mitigated, though, by maybe instead of doing this total you know, like they show on these shows of go in and and take everything in your cupboard and throw it out. It's like, no, you can make slight alterations here and there. Stop buying all of the chips and all of the cookies and all of the, you know, it's okay to buy a box, like a little thing of Oreos to have. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm not, I, I actually always have Oreos in my home because I love the thin Oreos and my kids love them. And we've just have created a healthy home where we're eating 80% whole foods and we have no problem grabbing two of those thin Oreos a day and eating them. It's not a problem because majority of our food, we have this healthy lifestyle. So that's actually why I'm creating my membership site that will be coming out towards the end of February, mid-March. So that I can help show people how to create this food culture in your home where your whole family is eating better. And it doesn't mean that your husband can't have his cookies or your children can't have them there. It's just our, our lives aren't centered around these quick, highly processed foods. They're centered around whole foods and we're able to enjoy a little of those treats as well, those fun foods, right? So I'll just share another suggestion that my children see. So so one, they don't see this huge upheaval. I think I just really want to reiterate that. They're not like, oh, they're not seeing what I saw when I grew up. I always knew when my mom was trying to lose that mysterious last five pounds that she always needed to lose, 
because all of a sudden we were eating disgusting soups that were just like kale and broth. And it was a huge upheaval. It wasn't just like slight changes here and there. It was always like, oh, she's it. We're doing it. We're going for another crazy diet. I love my mom, but oh, now we're not eating sugar. Now we're not eating this. Now we're not. And my poor mom, she just didn't know any other way, right? She was doing the best she could. But it was kind of funny growing up. I always do when my mom, well, my mom doesn't have to walk around the house saying, I need to lose five pounds. Although she did talk about those mysterious five pounds all the time. I, me and my dad always teased her about it. Oh, mysterious five pounds. She's trying to lose again. <laughs> five pounds that none of us care about or see or anything, right? It was so concerning for her. And it was real for her. My mom is like 74 now. She doesn't care. But I'm like, man, if I just, if I could have helped her establish a better food culture in the home, she could have been so much healthier, made slight modifications to lose the weight she needed to without huge upheavals that were always so painful. And it was like, ugh, I have to do this for a few weeks to lose the weight. And then I go right back to how I was before. And lo and behold, the weight comes right back. So anyways, just another example of just something that I do. Just small changes. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen this before. I love my lunch, quote unquote, pizzas. I usually take pita bread that I love. It's thick. It's like 45 grams of carbs. It is delicious. And um, I top it with like ranch or barbecue chicken and like cheese and veggies. And it is so, and then I throw it in the oven and broil it a little bit. Get the edges crispy. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Now, when, and my children see me eating this all the time, when I am in a cut, when I'm trying to drop some body fat, all I do is I swap out that pita for Joseph's pita that's like eight to 10 grams of carbs instead of the 45. So bam, huge difference right there. Just small little changes to how I already live my life. My children have no clue. Another thing that I think is so important, some other things that I'm going to share. I believe that that food and nutrition education is very important. Um, and I'm not talking about for aesthetic reasons. I'm talking about for overall health. So we have established a healthy lifestyle in our home. We talk about foods in regards to how they make us feel healthy or how they make us think better, perform better in school. We don't talk about aesthetics and we don't talk about other people's aesthetics. I don't bring up how somebody looks. In fact, when my daughters come over and they see me working and they see progress pictures and they ask me about it, do you know what my response is? These women have hired me so that I can help them become healthy and strong and the best version of themselves. That's it. That's it. We don't talk about needing to lose weight. We don't talk about diets. We don't go there. So just for me, the emphasis that I want to establish in my home is we are not what we look like. We're, we are actually how we make others feel. 
So who cares what we look like? Did somebody walk away from a conversation with us? Feeling loved. Feeling valued. Feeling like like they mattered. Woo, for me, that's what I'm going to focus on with my children. Because that is so important. And then another side note, random thing. We don't like fighting against things. I feel like we're in this society where everybody wants something to fight against. And I actually think that there's so much power when we fight for things. So we don't say things like, oh, better not eat that because you don't want to be fat, right? We're not fighting against something. We say we want to feel good. We want to take care of this amazing gift God has given us, right? I just kind of feel out the difference between those two. One of them I feel like is so negative. The other one is we want, we want to be good stewards. That's what we want to be, right? <laughs> just a total side note. Like we don't even say like, oh, that person's mean. Our focus is, well, how did that person make you feel? Yeah, crummy, not very good, not like you were loved. Ah, But think of Grandma Nana. How does she make you feel? Oh my goodness, she makes you feel loved, huh? We want to be like Grandma Nana, don't we? Right? So we focus on, not on pounding the negative, negative. No, we, we try to focus on, on becoming, on being, on fighting for something. I think that there's so much power in that. And and equally, we kind of bring that into our home when it comes with foods. Like, we are not going to go around and be a food police. Oh, that food's bad. Don't, don't eat that. It's like, no, 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 no. We can flourish within these parameters that we've been given in modern food culture. Which, let's be honest, in some ways, they really do work against us. And I would like to touch on this because I do think that this is very, very important. Why did grandma not have to track, you know, do every single diet in the book? Why wasn't she worrying about macros she's trying to track, right? Well, she moved around a ton. She worked a ton. And then the food culture was totally different. Totally different. Look at processed foods now. Highly palatable, low nutrients, super dense calories, tons of calories for very small portions. So we're kind of fighting against this, not moving very much, not being as active. And then on top of it, we have tons of highly processed foods, some of which maybe even changing gut biomes, which is changing how people digest and process foods. Not only that, we're kind of fighting the food industry itself. Guys, it is ridiculously hard to be an intuitive, mindful eater and be eating majority of like fast food and processed food. It is so ridiculously hard. They make it hard. They literally spend millions of dollars to try to bypass natural appetite control mechanisms in our body. No joke. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show, The Men Who Made Us Fat. This was a really good quote from this. And it's kind of scary if you think about it. Food companies literally, well, this isn't the quote, so I'm jumping the gun here, but food companies literally spend millions of dollars to figure out the perfect crunch so you keep eating. The perfect amount of mix of sugar 
so that you don't get satisfaction signals and you just keep eating. That, that's crazy to me. So it's, there's a lot of women who are like, well, if I start, I can't stop. And it's like, but it's in some ways, it's not your fault. Listen to this quote from The Men Who Made Us Fat. Food companies have invested heavily in designing products that use things like sugar to bypass our natural appetite control mechanisms. Bypass it, guys. This is crazy stuff. And in packaging and promoting these products to break down what remains of our defenses, including through the use of subliminal scents. They employ an army of food scientists and psychologists to trick us into eating more than we need. While their advertisers use the latest findings in neuroscience to overcome our resistance even more. What? So this is the environment that we're in, guys. So it is really important for us to realize, okay, if this is the environment that I'm in, then nutrition education, I'm not talking about fat loss. You need to lose fat. You need to look this way. You need to have this body. I'm just talking about overall healthy nutrition education is needed. We need to know how to navigate this system that our children are now born into and we are facing. So I think that food education is very important. So just like I'm going to teach my children how to budget money, I'm going to give them the needed education, not to track macros, don't get ahead of me, but how to turn to whole foods how to use whole foods 80% of the time. And we can still enjoy our fun foods, but let's build a life of health. And that's a real lifestyle, is a healthy lifestyle. So let me just use this as an example before I close. So on Saturday was my little girl Hazel's seventh birthday, and she really wanted donuts for breakfast. She didn't want to wait till nighttime for her cake and opening presents. She wanted her breakfast and then opening up presents time. So I went and I got some donuts and chocolate milk for breakfast. And I sat down with them and I am in a cut right now. And it's a little bit steeper. I just barely cut down my calories even more because I'm really trying to drop down um, and, and have my six pack show up a little bit more. So this is going to be like a fun, a little bit more aggressive cut that's leaning more into a fitness shred. So my calories are lower. But here I have this opportunity to sit with my daughter and to enjoy her birthday. And I was not about to sit and watch her eat her donuts and dad eat and her sister and brother and have me just sit there and chomp on celery. Okay, that's not my style. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to freaking enjoy the donut with my little seven-year-old. And I think it's important for her to see that. So I cut half of the maple bar for myself. I took that half a maple bar and the other, my plate was just chuck full of 250 grams of egg whites, cheese, mushrooms, seasoned wonderfully from feast mode, just super yummy. It, it was tasty. And I loved sitting there and enjoying the donut with everybody else but also feeling really full after the meal, having half a donut. If I had just had half a donut and thrown back like a protein shake, 
I wouldn't have felt as full or satisfied. So having that half a donut and my daughter looks over and I'm eating the donut with her and we're enjoying it, but then I'm also turning towards my huge plate of egg whites and enjoying that and eating that. And then asking my kids, okay, guys, anybody want eggs now? Anybody want some fruit? Anybody hungry for anything else? You know, just trying to make it natural. And this is just how we eat. That's a lifestyle. That's what my children see. So my, my children don't see me talking about dieting. I'm dieting. Oh, I have this five pounds to lose. Oh, I need to totally uproot our entire food that we have in our home and nobody can eat it. No, that is not what my children see. My children see their mom enjoying the healthy foods that she honestly enjoys, all while sitting and enjoying the donut with everybody else during the birthday party. And that to me, ladies, is a healthy lifestyle. And that's what I want you to have in your home. That's the culture, the food culture that I want you to create so that your children grow up knowing we eat healthy, yummy foods, but we also enjoy our fun foods and we are balanced and we are healthy people within the food parameters that we've been given in our modern day food culture and society. Somebody else may find balance and health in a different way, but this is how I have found it for me and my family. And it is super important that my children never hear me talk about aesthetics as far as fat loss. I talk about strength. Oh man, I walk in, I hit a new PR and my children hear all about, oh, my deadlift was awesome. Oh, now I'm doing 15 pull-ups or now I'm doing strength is awesome. Alex is so cute. My husband, Alex, he'll, he'll tell, I'll walk in the room and he's so cute how he's like, oh, dang girls, isn't mom so strong? I'm like, oh, I just love you. He focuses on those things too, on strength. And that's really important for us in the Parker home. Strength of body, strength of character. Those are the things that I want my children to grow up remembering. Not, oh, mom's in another fat loss. We're going to have a total upheaval of all of our... No, I just want them to know that mom was given a gift of her body. She was a good steward. And she taught me how to be a good steward. And I love my body. And I love myself. That's what I'm hoping my girls and my boy walks away with. Hey, friends. So I hope that this podcast has been helpful. I hope it's given you a little bit more insight into what I believe is healthy and what I focus on in my own home to ensure that my children have healthy mindsets when it comes to their love of self, of body image, and just foods in general. You guys have a wonderful week.